The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, December 6, 2020, on the basis of Mark 1, verses 1 through 8. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. If you really love someone, this Christmas you will... If you heard a sentence that started out that way, say in a a commercial on TV, you could maybe guess how the sentence would come to an end. If you really love someone this Christmas, you'll get them this, or you'll buy them this, or you'll take them to experience this. Those are probably a, a variety of different ways in which you would expect that sentence to come to an end, at least in any year other than this one. Because if you heard that sentence in this year, in in 2020, it would probably end much differently. If you love someone, this Christmas you will tell them to stay home, right? We just came off of a Thanksgiving where the experts and the authorities advised us all to stay home and advised us to advise others to stay home as well. And call me crazy, but I'd be willing to bet that two and a half weeks from now, come Christmas, we're going to be hearing much the same thing. Now, regardless of of how you happen to feel about all of that, I bring it up simply to illustrate one more thing that this year has somehow managed to take away. As if it wasn't bad enough already that 2020 took away things like school years and sports seasons things like proms and graduations, even things like jobs and incomes. If it wasn't bad enough that 2020 took away vacation plans and dreams of doing official Ironman races, as if all of that wasn't bad enough, now 2020 has managed to take away something very special and important to us, the ability to celebrate the holidays with people that we love. And again, in fact, we're told that if you really love someone, you really care about them, if you really are interested in their health and well-being, then you will stay home and you might even tell them to stay home this Christmas. Once again, whatever you happen to feel about that, however you happen to feel about that, it also illustrates the importance of the Word of God that we are hearing on these weeks leading up to Christmas. During the season of Advent, the Word of God that we hear helps us form this, this wish list of things to ask God for, things that can truly give us an unbreakable Christmas. It teaches us to ask God for things that nothing can destroy, that nothing can ruin, that nothing can take away. And in fact, the more things that this year has ruined and destroyed and taken away, the more it should actually drive us to ask for the things that God's word invites us to ask for. So if you are sick of 2020, If you're ready for it to be done, if you wish it were over already, the good news is there's actually a way you can show it. There's a way you can prove it. The last thing that you would want to do is tell Jesus to stay home this Christmas. Instead, as we look at these verses from Mark chapter 1 this morning, we're going to see that if, in fact, you didn't love 2020, make sure to ask Jesus to come over for Christmas. 
The importance of, of spending our Christmas with Jesus is illustrated for us in these verses as Mark tells us about the ministry of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the forerunner for Jesus. His job was to go out ahead of Jesus, announce his arrival, and prepare people for it. And the first thing that we need to notice about the ministry of John the Baptist is where it took place. Mark tells us that John was preaching the word of God out in the wilderness. In fact, he tells us that if you wanted to, to hear what John had to say, you needed to leave the city, you needed to leave your home, you needed to leave your job, and you needed to go out in the wilderness. In fact, Mark tells us that all of this had been prophesied 700 years prior through the prophet Isaiah. God had said that this messenger for the Messiah was going to appear in the wilderness. In fact, there's a little bit more to it than that. The original audience who heard Isaiah's words 700 years before Jesus were more than just out in the wilderness. They were far, far, far away from their city, far from their homes, far from their jobs, and not just on a, on a day trip or a short weekend getaway. Instead, they had forcibly been deported away from their homeland into exile in faraway Babylon. And they had been stuck there for three and a half generations. And so in order for us to understand Isaiah's words and to understand the ministry of John the Baptist, we need to realize that that same thing is actually true of us. That we are in exile. That we are far from home. That this place where we live right now cannot provide to us the most important things that we need as human beings. Now that's always true, of course, but perhaps it's a little bit easier to see at the end of a year like the one we've had. I mentioned some of the things that, that 2020 has managed to take away from school years to sports seasons to jobs and income. Well, home is supposed to be a place that fills you with joy and satisfaction. And yet if so many of the things that bring us joy and satisfaction can so suddenly be taken away from us, it's a very painful but much needed reminder that, that this is not home. And of course, out of all the things that 2020 has managed to take away, I haven't even mentioned the most important one yet. You maybe heard that just this past week we set a rather dismal record in our country. On Wednesday, 3,700 plus COVID-related deaths, all in a single day, the, single, the, the highest single day total of the year. Home is supposed to be a place where you're safe, where you're protected. And so this year has been a, a painful but much-needed reminder that this is not home. If we were under the illusion that it was, then our Christmas would be perfectly fine without Jesus. But if you didn't love 2020 so much, if it has reminded you that you are far from home, that you are in exile, then you'll know how important it is to spend this Christmas with Jesus. Well, then it sounds like we've got some work to do, don't we? That's usually what happens when you have someone come over for Christmas, right? There's the cooking and the cleaning and the shopping and the decorating, and maybe that's even the silver lining that you've chosen to see if you're not planning to spend Christmas with the usual people. Maybe you don't have to do as much of all of those things. But if we're going to spend our Christmas with Jesus, 
it would seem that we've got some work to do. We might be inclined to, to think that already on our own, and we might be inclined to think that after hearing what John the Baptist has to say. The first part of, of the message that John proclaimed out there in the wilderness was very simple. It can be summarized in a single word, repent. A simple word, a simple message, but not so simple to understand. See, it's easy for us to think that repentance means doing a lot of work to get ready for Jesus. Almost as if we are cleaning up our lives for Jesus the way we would clean up our houses for company coming over. And so we take a few of our bad habits and we throw them out in the trash. Well, maybe in the recycle bin in case we want to reuse them at a later date, right? And then we take a few of our, our dirty little secrets and, and we hide them in the closet so that nobody can see. And then only when everything is clean and tidy, everything is ready to go, then we can welcome Jesus into our homes and we can celebrate Christmas with Jesus. Friends, that's not at all what repentance is all about. In fact, repentance is the exact opposite of doing work. Repentance is waving the white flag of surrender to the standards of cleanliness that Jesus would have for us. Repentance means acknowledging that there's nothing we can possibly do to make ourselves fit or worthy for Jesus. Rather than denying our sins or excusing our sins or minimizing our, our sins or vowing never to repeat our sins, repentance means doing what the people did when they went out to John. It means acknowledging and confessing our sins. See, if we really are in exile, then we need to spend Christmas with Jesus. We need Jesus to come over this Christmas, not so that we can impress him by showing him what we've done with the place, not so that we can sit him down at our table and serve him tray after tray after tray, piled high with all of the good things and virtues that we think that we possess. No, if we are in exile, we need Jesus to come over this Christmas to rescue us. And we need that path that he would take to be as straight as possible. After all, that's the shortest distance between two points, right? A straight line. And so John says, make straight the road that Jesus wants to take to be with us. We need to clear that road of any obstacles that would stand in Jesus' way. Any of our own efforts, any of our own attempts to try and fix the mess that we are in by ourselves, they need to be cleared away. If we really are in exile, there's just one thing that we can possibly do, and that's what John told the people to do, to repent. Again, that's true all of the time. But perhaps it's even easier to see at the conclusion of a year like the one that we've had. You know, it's amazing to see what happens when all of a sudden people have all kinds of time on their hands. When the things that normally keep us so very busy suddenly aren't going on. The abuse of drugs and alcohol, the use of pornography, Cases of domestic violence, all of them had banner years in 2020. And it's amazing to see what happens when the enforcement of our laws is relaxed or in some cases even removed altogether. Somehow, magically, crime goes up. It's almost as if the only thing that ever causes human beings to behave and do the right thing is either A, the restrictions that are put on us by our government, or B, the restrictions that we put on ourselves with our hectic, busy, frenetic lives. Now, I'm guessing that in, in your case, you didn't spend any time in 2020 
defacing public property or looting a private business. And maybe your home was not one of those many homes where those sins that I mentioned before ran rampant during the past year. But what about the effect that a year like this has had on our fear? Have the events of this past year caused us to to worry and fret and stress out and maybe even freak out a time or two in a way that isn't even consistent with the medical evidence and scientific data that we have at our disposal, much less being consistent with knowing that we have a God who is in control of all things at all times. Or what about the effect that a year like this has maybe had on our outrage? That as fewer and fewer things are going on out there, increasingly we find ourselves part of one giant society-wide conversation that is taking place online. And any time someone would disagree with us, certainly if someone criticizes us about whatever it might be, whether it's politics or pandemics or elections or racial justice, suddenly that pilot light of anger that is burning inside each and every one of us explodes into a five-alarm fire. If we still are convinced that we as human beings are basically good people who sometimes just kind of do the wrong thing, then we'll be just fine this Christmas without Jesus. But if you didn't love 2020, if it has been a reminder of the truth of who you are and that the only thing you can possibly do is repent of your sins, then you'll know how important it is to spend Christmas with Jesus. But what exactly does that mean anyway? I mean, normally when we invite someone to come over for Christmas, they just, you know, they come over. (laughs) They get in their car and, and they drive down the road and we open the door and they walk in. What exactly does it mean that we would spend our Christmas with Jesus? Well, thankfully, John the Baptist had a, a second part to his message. Part one was what we needed to do, repent. Part two is what Jesus plans to do. And here's what John said. He said, After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So the people who originally heard John's words were getting ready for Jesus to pay them a visit physically in the flesh. Jesus' public ministry was about to begin. He had traveled far, far from home. He had tracked them down all the way out there in the wilderness and he was there to rescue them. He was there to rescue them with the perfect life that he lived in their place, with the innocent death he died on the cross in their place and with the victory over death by his resurrection from the grave that he won in their place. But what's fascinating about John's words is that even before that physical, in-the-flesh ministry of Jesus began, John was already pointing people ahead to the time when it would be over. He said that Jesus would come and baptize them with the Holy Spirit. That's a promise that Jesus himself would eventually repeat, and it's a promise that we know Jesus kept not during the short period of time when he was here on earth, but after 
he had gone back up into heaven. In other words, John wants us to know what Jesus planned to do, not just for the three years that he was here in the flesh, but for the years and decades and centuries and millennia after he had gone back up into heaven. Jesus would continue to visit us by sending us his Holy Spirit. And he would do that through the very activities that John was out there in the wilderness doing, through proclaiming the word of God and calling people to repentance and through the baptism that John administered for the forgiveness of sins. You know, around this time of year, Christians often talk a lot about spending their Christmas with Jesus. We talk about keeping Christ in Christmas and maybe even making Christ the very center and focal point of our Christmas celebration. And yet I think sometimes we fail to connect the dots to help people see exactly what that means. I mean, I think you all realize that, that you're not going to spend Christmas with Jesus physically. He's not going to walk through the door the way that grandma and grandpa might walk through the door. I think you also probably know that you're not going to celebrate Christmas with Jesus virtually. You should not be expecting a Zoom invitation from Jesus to come down from heaven. And thank goodness for that. That's the last thing we need, right? But I think we're left to believe at times that the way we celebrate Christmas with Jesus is sort of mystically. That somehow mentally or spiritually, it's kind of like we're teleported all the way back in time to Bethlehem so that we too can be at that manger with Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the donkeys. And that's how we celebrate Christmas with Jesus. Friends, it's not that complicated. God tells us exactly what Jesus plans to do. He plans to visit us by sending us his Holy Spirit. And he plans to do so every single time we gather around his word and his sacraments. So you can celebrate Christmas with Jesus by being here in his house and by sitting down with him at the meal, not that you've prepared for him, but that he's prepared for you. You can celebrate Christmas with Jesus when you open up your Bible as you're sitting around the dinner table with your family or as you sing joy to the world to your kids as you tuck them in at night. Last week we talked about how in those ways, through the, the word and the sacraments, Jesus delivers to us all of the blessings, all of the gifts that he came to this world to win for all mankind, things like forgiveness and life and salvation. But it's not as if we kind of look up to heaven and put in an order for those gifts and then Jesus ships out those gifts with free two-day Amazon Prime quality shipping. No, when Jesus brings us those gifts, he actually shows up at our door. He comes into our presence with those gifts in his hands. He is still more than willing to travel far, far from home, to track us down all the way out here in exile in the wilderness and to bring to us all of the blessings that we need so that one day we too can make it home. If you didn't love 2020, you'll know just how important it is to spend this Christmas with Jesus. And thankfully, through the words of John the Baptist, you know exactly how that can happen. So what do you think he'll say? Maybe one upside of not being able to spend Christmas with the people that we would like is that we're spared the possibility of rejection. The possibility that you might invite someone to come over for Christmas only to have them say no 
or for them to prefer to spend Christmas somewhere else with someone else. Do you think that could ever happen with Jesus? Heaven knows it ought to. And yet that's why my favorite part of these verses is so important. You see, Mark starts out his gospel in a way that is completely different from the other three. He skips right over Bethlehem. He skips the manger. He skips Mary and Joseph. He skips the shepherds and the donkeys and the angels. And he goes right to the work of John the Baptist. And yet as he does, as he starts out his gospel, he says this. This is the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. In other words, the good news of Jesus didn't begin with the first sermon he preached or the first miracle he performed. The good news of Jesus began with the sound of that voice out in the wilderness, reminding people that they are in exile, reminding people what they need to do, that they need to repent, and reminding people what Jesus planned to do as well. God didn't just wait for us to call out to him. Instead, God in his love called out to us. And so not for a second do we ever need to worry that we would invite Jesus to come over for Christmas only to find out that he'd rather spend Christmas somewhere else with someone else. Because through his word, Jesus has been inviting himself over for Christmas all along. In fact, the only reason we would ever want or think or dream that we could possibly spend Christmas with Jesus is that he has made it crystal clear how much he wants to spend Christmas with us. Amen.